And now, you're welcome to the OMN NBA podcast. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down to Inside, Tatum spins. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the OMN NBA podcast. Um, well, I won't say it's been a while. Well, we've all been witnessing uh, some of the most dramatic games unfold in this playoffs. And, you know, some people were wishing some magic would happen. Some people were also wishing, you know, some things won't happen. But, yeah, um, it's, 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 it's done and dusted. We have the NBA Finals after a long season. Um, it's the Denver Nuggets against the Miami Heat. Um, this is the first finals for the Denver Nuggets in franchise history. And this is, you know, many in, in a long time for the Miami Heat. I think since 2006, they've been to the finals a couple of times. I think 2011, 12, 13, um, 14, right? So, yeah, they've been to the finals a couple of times. But we can't just skip away from that before we get into the conversation of course i have to introduce myself my name is derek you guys know this already and i'm here with my brother jamie jamie how you doing (laughs) (laughs) so before jamie talks before jamie talks if you guys listen to this podcast you already know who which team he supports so his mental state of mind right now (laughs) it's not in the right frame i mean we tango because if you guys didn't notice, he broke his glasses after game six, after Derek White hit the game winner in game six. <laughs> How did that yeah. happen in the first place? I mean, when 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 smart um shot went up, I mean everybody would have expected someone like maybe Brown or um get him to have the final shot. So, so once Smart got a shot, I was like, Oh my god. So I just hit my hands on the table because I knew it was over, right? And then when White got a put back, I was like, I thought that he missed the clock. So I just fell flat on my face because I knew we had lost. And then I, I still heard like the broadcaster thing about, oh, they had to check it again. And then it turns out he got up in time. And then that's how they won the game. But it was too late. The glasses had already been broken. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good memory right there for game six. But let's talk about, of course, what happened in game seven. You know, you and I watched it. Um, coming into the game, how how sure were you that this is going to be the Miami Heat going down, or this is going to be a history uh, written by the Celtics coming down zero to three to you know take a series and make it to the NBA Finals? Were you hopeful, or were you feel, did you because I remember I asked you, do you think there's pressure on your team? Well, I, I felt I felt they they had a very good chance to win, but I wasn't counting Miami out because. I mean, I had seen them, you know, I mean, Boston has played Miami, at least, you know, I think there's a third time in four years, I think, because they played them in 2020 in the bubble, then yeah. they played them last year, and then they played them again this year. So um, I knew what we were going into. And so even after coming back from down 3 and then getting game seven at home, I was like, well, there's a few things they the team had to clean up, but I still had so much confidence going into the game. 
that uh, you know the unexpected happened. You know, we are here today. We down, you know, three to nothing. I mean, it, most fans will just stop bothering about what's going to happen next in game four. Most fans will just be like, you know what, it's over. I mean, come on, there's nothing else you can do. The statistics are crazy. It's 158 teams, 158 to nothing when the team is down, you know, zero to nothing, zero to three or three, three nothing. But going into game four, suddenly the players talk to the media and they're saying, don't let us get one game. And they get it in game four and they get it in game five and they get it in game six. Let's talk about game four. When they got it in game four after the after, after the win, did you know it was going to continue like that? At least I was sure about game five at home, but I was a little, you know, I felt a little funny about game six because I, I mean, definitely if you're Miami, you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, let's close it at home and then move on. But then they went into Miami and then mysteriously, you know, even even in Miami, they, they played pretty okay. They didn't shoot well. I mean, the three points she gave up on them at some points in the series, but they find sorry, they found other ways to 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 to, to you know, score. But even that, you know, the Celtics, you know, bad behaviors we've always been exposed to with regards to how they close out games, right? So the game almost slipped from them, but you know, thanks to their quiet miracle shot, they were able to win game six. So uh, coming back home for game seven, I was like dead sure they were going to close it out because, you know, they've, they've won so many game sevens at home. The last game seven they, they lost was in 2017, again, 2018, sorry, against LeBron James. And so we were like, yeah, I mean, if LeBron is the one who has beaten us in, in a game seven, then probably it's because it's LeBron. But everybody else, I mean, just two weeks ago, two to three weeks ago, we gave it to play at home in game seven. And so we're very hopeful that we're going to get it done. But it looks like the basketball gods had different plans for us. Coming into game seven, um, a lot of people were sure. I mean, Kofi, who is a, who is a good friend of ours and also a Celtics fan, we were on Twitter spaces and he said it's going to be a blowout. Now, I believed him, you know, with regards to what we saw against Philadelphia Sixers, but before this series actually you know before anything i told you this was going to be a suit for Celtics because i didn't believe the miami he had all it takes to actually go toe to toe with celtics when they won game one i'm like okay this is gonna get tied in game two and they win game two i'm like okay Celtics is gonna tie it in game three and then it keeps going and you know it's whole drama unfolds but game seven we start the game few minutes in tatum twists his ankle 20 seconds, matter of fact, 20 seconds into the game. It was like their very first <laughs> position. It's crazy. How did you lose hope at that point? Not really, because I felt like, uh, well, he was going to come back. And then I was like, well, this is this is at home. That's why you usually fight for the higher seat so you can have James Kevin at home. So I thought, you know, having the crowd around and having all these, you know, quote unquote legends in the house for the game. I thought it was going to be you're going to have that energy at home to, to at least carry on with the game but you know the whole tatum thing i could say cascaded into something else that the team couldn't fight back from and that's what caused them the game you believe that's what caused them the game and not the point that you guys were shooting poorly from you know the the, the language so, i mean because i didn't understand i mean there's, there's, there's different there's different there's different reasons why it wasn't just the Tatum injury, right? It wasn't just a Tatum injury, but if you look at 
how that possession even went, right? They, they set it up for like a very perfect possession where Tatum was going to go aggressive to the basket. And you know, if Tatum starts, you know, going aggressively to the basket, it sets the tone for the team. You get it? Because once he's, he's aggressive to start the game and then he gets a few things to go in, in, into the hoop, then he opens up the offense for them and then they begin to hit their shots here and there. But it looks like once the injury happened, it took them off their rhythm a little bit because he wasn't moving very well. He couldn't get to the spots. And so then, <laughs> credit to Miami, they also threw out the zone very early. And so they had problem breaking down the zone and getting into the paint to get more shots, easier shots. So they had to settle for the three pointers that they've been making all year long. And then it, it gave up on them. But that's what you get if you live and die by the three. And then they were like 0 for 10 from three in the first quarter. And then uh, the, everything went downhill from there. We talk about Tatum's injury and how impactful it was. But when you look at the Celtics, two main guys come into, your, into the back of your mind when you think about the Boston Celtics now or the Boston Celtics for the past three seasons. That's Jay, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown had... I don't know how to describe it. One of the most disappointing performances in the game seven by a star that I've, I've ever seen. Um, if you take out and beat and enjoy um, James Harden's, you know, game seven, but home court advantage game seven, your star player is out. You're kind of your second guy and he keeps missing shots, turning the ball over. This is the same Jalen Brown that, we, we saw in the finals last season that had same issues with dribbling to traffic and trying to, you know, do too much with a possession. The France calling for, you know, trade packages and, you know, don't give him the mass contract and all that. And I've seen all your tweets in the TL today. What are your concerns on Jalen Brown? Well, I mean, as a, as a number two guy, I think he, need, he needs to accept the fact that he's a number two guy and then step up when he is needed because if two guys are on a team and they are trying they are both trying to be the number one person on the team it becomes a problem right but put that aside i think i don't think he's he's he has that bag you know to he doesn't have that carry back to to be playing around with the ball too much and that's what he likes to do get a ball dribble into a crowd and then he loses the ball he dribbles the ball off his foot he throws the ball away and it's a light ball turnover Miami runs the floor, they get an easy basket. Same thing, same thing. He gets the ball. Sometimes he doesn't even like to give up the ball. Being too ball dominant for a player who who who, who doesn't have that much of a bag in terms of handles, it's 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 a recipe for a disaster. And so I think it's something that he needs to work on. He either agrees that he doesn't have that kind of bag and then decides to give the ball up most times and then his parts to, to to get some easy baskets or work on his handles it looks like his his wrist has been bothering him for a long time now if that's going to be the situation then i think you know you probably you know find a way to fix it or uh, find a way to you know work around it but the issue with Jalen, he, he's still a terrific player i think he's still a good player he's still good enough to be the number two guy on, on any championship team um if i if i'm a Celtic, i still offer him whatever he he, he, he deserves but at the same time you know you know keep 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 your options open you never know what might come 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 your way in the coming years but that's just what it is he 
he had a terrible series uh, all around. He, he didn't really shoot the ball well. Even from the free throw line, he was like 65% from three. It's it's not good enough for a number two guy on the championship team. It's it's just it's just what it is. But he can be better. As a Celtics fan, I mean, a lifelong Celtics fan and a diehard fan, what do you want to see the front office do about this certain situation? Because this, I mean, after the game, there's certain reports, blogs, articles, everybody just coming up with the fact that the Celtics have finally hit the ceiling with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a duo. Do you believe that? Well, it, it depends on how you, how you see the ceiling. Is it that that's their ceiling so they can't do nothing else? Because even if you think that's their ceiling and uh, that's the highest they can get, <laughs> what you can do is you can put something else under them to prop them up. You know what I mean? And so what are you going to do? What kind of pieces are you going to surround them with? Because the problem wasn't only the shooting, right? It was it was about defense. The defense gave up on them at some point. And it's not just about both of them on, on, on the team. And so even if you think that's the highest they can go, you can still prop them up with some extra pieces that's that's going to help them, you know, um, win or uh, achieve more. So I don't think just breaking them up is, 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 is the number one option, you know. Um, it's very easy to say, oh, break them up or trade for somebody else or do this or do that. But the grass ain't green on the other side. It's very easy to say, oh, I like this player or I like that player, so let's go trade for that player. But that other team has to also want to trade to you. So it's 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 a two-way street. But in the end, I think the the the, the front office has to keep working around um, the roster and probably sit, sit sit with both of them and ask them, yo, um, in, in the past two years that you, you've been in in in, in you, you've been in the finals and you've been in the conference finals, what were your shortfalls? What do you think would help you, you know, achieve what you want? What kind of help do you need? And then the front office works around it. But there's one thing that we shouldn't forget is that the, 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 the coaching that they have, Mazula is a terrific coach. He's, he's a terrific first-year coach. That wasn't expected to, to be the head coach. He, they found out he was going to be the head coach two days before training camp. So he came into the season without really planning to be a head coach. And so he didn't really have the schematics and then his, his exercise also ready for the season. And he didn't have time to even recruit for his bench. And so he 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 came in with a very thin bench. So you know, usually we talk about teams having like, oh, the, the, the bench is not very deep. His own bench, you know, in terms of coaching wasn't deep either. And he had, you know, well, mm -hmm. how do you go to Utah to, to, to coach? He had his assistant coach there, but started my leave right before the playoffs. And so and he didn't really have any veteran coaches on his bench. Either to to ride the ship anytime he was he was going wrong, so this is I think an off season where they can actually reset, and then you know Jalen and Jason work on their bodies, and then the coaching staff also you know, you know retool and then revamp the, the 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 bench, and then let's see what kind of pieces uh, Brad Stevens will put around um, Jalen and Jason. So there's 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 more work to be done in the off season just apart from paying Jalen Brown. There's more work to be done, I think. Certain mm. fans, uh, most I won't say Celtics are just casual NBA fans, um, are saying you can't have a former defensive player of the year, you know, sit man of the year, 
you know, all NBA team players and all stars on your team and not have to reach the NBA finals facing an eight seeded team or a team that made it to the playing tournament. Do you do you feel it's a bit unfair for them to say that or you feel they're right? I mean, so that's one thing we are not doing. We aren't giving credit to Miami, right? <laughs> Miami, Miami is, is it's not your conventional eight seed. I mean, yeah, look, they, were, they were three minutes away from almost making it out of the. I mean, they couldn't. They were three minutes away from Chicago Bulls, you know, eliminating them from the play, the playing tournament. So, very good. But why, why were they able to win that game? They were able to close. Closing well is for big teams. It's for championship teams. It's for winning teams. So that tells you they weren't really a conventional eight seed. They just found themselves in that hole because of some up and downs in, in, during the season. But once they made it into the playoffs and they were able to ride the ship, <laughs> they become a championship level team. So all this talk about eight seed and having undrafted players, everything went out the window because they made it in and then they proved they belonged in there. So if you look at how you know Kelly, people like Kelly Martin played, Max Shrews, Gibbs Vincent, even <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Bama, they are number one and number two stars. They even have like exceptional players, quote unquote. Jimmy was phenomenal, like in like, the first series against Milwaukee and then all these things. But if you look at his numbers against Boston, <laughs> he he wasn't the Jimmy Butler people really knew. He wasn't like the player of Jimmy people really knew in that series. If you look at especially the, the, the game they lost, they, they, they weren't really up there. But then they had like Caleb Martin, they had Gabe Vincent, they had um, Max Schuss and all these guys um, carry them through. And that's that's what happens when your team is, you know, a well-oiled machine where if this part of the team is down there's some other part of the team to prop them up and that's 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 how come they are going into the finals boston on the other on the other hand couldn't do it so if if you have your stars in jalen and jason who are not really performing or shooting well the three point shooting was atrocious in, in, in this series and so yeah, you look true. at everything you, you look at the fact that oh they're able to fight back from all three down to and uh, force the game seven Sometimes you look at you, you feel like hey, they got it by a miracle because you look at how they played. They, they didn't really play well um, to merit that uh, finals of birth. And so I still think Miami deserved to, to make the finals. And then it should be a lesson for the Celtics because uh, you look at the kind of injuries. It wasn't only Celtics, uh, it wasn't only Jason injured. Jason was injured. Jalen was also injured. His wrist was bothering him. Malcolm Brogdon missed the game for, for injury in his shooting arm. Just yeah, this sure. afternoon, we were finding out Robert Williams was taking his thumb and the whole game was vomiting and all that. But that's what happens when you let the series let the, the series drag. So in game in, in the first series where you could have closed out um, Miami, you could have swept, uh, sorry, you could have swept Atlanta. You let it go to six games. You go into the Philly series, same thing. You commit silly, silly mistakes and then the series goes into seven so now within between only two series you played 13 gruesome games now you come into the miami series you have to play extra seven games when it, it could have probably been in fewer games based on the talents you know disparities on both teams you're and, obviously and it, and to, sorry and to make it even worse there's just one day game resting between those games yes and then you have to travel there's travel involved and then <laughs> all these things it's not easy so in between just three series you're playing 20 games, 20 games. And so you bring all this upon yourself. And we've, we've said this over and over again, that 
all the problems in Celtics face are self-inflicted because all these problems themselves. Because paper on paper, man to man, mano in mano, they are the better team. And they've been the better team in all the series they played this year. And then they find themselves in this hole. And that's what it is. Huh. Well, to wrap it up, like, were you disappointed? Like, just simple yes or no. Were you disappointed? Of course, of course. 100% disappointed. 100% disappointed. Because, I mean, if, if, if you look at the kind of talent they brought in, even from last year's team, that even some people still argue they were the better team, even though the Golden State Warriors had the best player in the series, it looks like they were the better team, but then they couldn't get it done. And then they added extra pieces. They added, you know, Gagnero was injured. They added Malcolm Brogdon, who became a sick man of the year this year. And then they still couldn't make the finals. I'm not going to pull like Yannis uh, and be like, oh, it wasn't a fit. This season was a failure. Regardless how you want to look at it, you could say, oh, yeah, I mean, only one team can win the championship. Oh, yes. But there was a goal in front of you that you had every, um, uh, you had every arm in your toolbox to be able to win it and you couldn't deliver so definitely it was a failure and it was a disappointment i was disappointed and to to take it back to the point that you made about um dragon series i think that was also one of the big issues you guys had last season because there was a lot of serious drag and even, and even to make it worse jason tatum and jenny brown have played in seven game sevens and in their young career and they're not even close to 30 yet but they've played no, so many games years old. yeah and they've played incredible amounts of game seven so it's what is it about the Celtics and not being able to finish the series up early so they can get enough rest because mind you Denver Nuggets have had more than enough rest to be able to yeah. you know play like the they, final it's like the whole offseason for, for Denver right? <laughs> exactly so Last season, the same way you had to, I mean, drag the series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Who didn't have Chris Middleton? So all you had to worry about was Giannis. I mean, there's Drew Holiday and you know, there's Bobby Portis, but Chris Middleton is the second guy on that team, he's the second scoring option on the team. And that series was dragged, right? And then you faced the Golden State Warriors because you know, had to finish the series in, in the Jensen sweep against the Dallas Mavericks in the finals. So they've had enough rest just as like the Denver Nuggets. So let's just say if the Celtics had made it out of the game seven, you were going to face a well-rested team. What is it about the Celtics and not being able to close out games? Is it the coaching? Is it the, is it the team? Is it the player mentality? What is going on? It's just a lackadaisical attitude, right? So you're up nine, ten, three minutes to go in the game. And instead of, you know, playing fast, you know, getting extra buckets, pushing up to 15 points, 16 points, they choose to run down the clock. So every single possession, they want to run it down to like the final second of the, of, of, of the, of, of, of the shot clock. And then by that time, the opposing team's defense is set. So it either ends up in a missed shot or a turnover. And then they run, they get a bucket, they run, they get a bucket, they run, they get a bucket. And by the time, you know, we'd probably, 50 seconds, 40 seconds to go. The, the, the game is either tied or the other team has taken the lead. And now your late game execution is, you know, zero, you know. And so until they figure out that late game execution, the final three minutes of the game, how they're going to handle it, they're never going to win because that's a serious mark of a championship team, how you close out games. 
when it when the game is closed because it's been obvious that when the game is closed they've had problems closing it out and so everything hope is to keep it within 10 going into like the, the, the clutch minutes of the game because they feel like once it's like 10 minutes three minutes to go in the game and it's the whoever is up or down single digits they have the opposing team likes their chances because they know what the Celtics can do and so until they figure out how they are going to you know have their late game execution slowing down the game when the when the game is going i don't know whether it's fatigue or it's just laziness it's it's not going to get it done that's when you actually have to play fast and then just shut the door closed and then go home but they they, they find themselves in the hole every single time because they don't like to do it because it's, it's two game sevens last season two game seven this season that's four game sevens in two in two seasons that's that's incredible amount of fatigue yeah and in all those series they had easy chances to close out the series and then they refused to do it it's anyways uh it's incredible um the Celtics have a great team so i saw this guy on twitter uh, making like a marking scheme for the playoffs with the boston celtics players and I felt I should bring this to your attention. I don't know if you saw it, but I think I'll bring it to your attention. And I'll mention the players that played in the playoffs. And then you give me a marking scheme for them. You guys, you have to use like you know the the alphabet. So let's start. And this the entire players, not just the conference finals, the entire players for the Boston Celtics in 2023. Let's start with the first player, Jason Tatum. Hey. Why? I mean, he 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 had a good series. I mean, the shooting his shooting was down. But he had a good series, and he was the best player in the series. I mean, and in the game seven, mind you, in the game six, even though he wasn't playing well, I'm talking about Philly series, he wasn't playing well in the fourth quarter. He was the one who helped us overcome Philly in that game series. And then in game seven, he dropped 51 points. He was um, apparently the best, the, the record in, a, in the game seven. He took it from Steph Curry, <laughs> who had just this season. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. but shooting wise, he. Yeah, but I'll still give him an A. So you know he won't get an A plus because of his shooting. Yeah, so so A so that's A plus that's A minus, right? Yeah, that's A plus that's A minus. Just like I'll the school A-. grading system. I'll okay. give A minus. Yeah. All right. Jalen Brown. Uh, B minus. Was there any reason why he dropped from A to B into a minus? Yeah, I mean he he wasn't himself. He wasn't the Jalen we've always known. The turnovers were bad. The shooting was bad. His defense wasn't good enough. Um, even free throws. He shot like 50, 65% from the free throw line in the Miami series. That's just unacceptable. Okay. Al Horford. Oh, Al Horford. Al Horford I'll, I'll give Al Horford probably a C+. Plus. Mm, okay. Because he, he, because, because he didn't score very well. But then he played some very good defense, you know, in, in a few stretches in, in in the series, and all those like efforts like were needed. If you look at what he did on Bam in Game Six, if you look at what he did on um, Embiid in in the Philly series, Embiid exactly, yeah, yeah. he did his part for his age. He gave us more than enough. Hmm. Okay, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, uh, B minus. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, B minus because I, I would have given him um I'd have given him um a B, but I'll I'll, I'll keep it at a B minus. 
But uh, credit to Marcus, he he did well this season though. I mean, he was he was he was quite disciplined, and um, he he gave us some timely buckets on offense also. So I'll give. But you know, shooting wise, the the whole team did him very, shoot very well, and then his defense all season long, he wasn't that defensive player of the year. Marcus Smart before last season, that's why he dropped. Derek White. Derek White, um, A minus. Just no, like this. Tatum was A minus. I'll, I'll give Derek White a B plus. Ooh. Yeah. Because White, White, White was, I'd say, the second best player on the team in the postseason. And if you remember the Atlanta series, he really carried us through that, that series. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like ages ago, but in the Atlanta series, he was phenomenal. He struggled a bit during the Philly because obviously that wasn't really his series. The Celtics needed to go big in order to win. But when when he came back down to um the um, to the uh, Miami series where we needed to play um, smaller and faster, he 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 did well. Um, then don't forget the iconic game six buzzer beater also. So I'll, I'll give him a B plus at least. Mm. And his defense on Jimmy Butler, <laughs> that was that was phenomenal. <laughs> That was something else. But like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Poking the ball away, you know, yeah. getting him off his rhythm and all it was that. Good was on good. both sides, and yeah. and in in the game seven, he did so much. He, he needed just a little bit of help from the um, the others, and would have been okay. But you know, we didn't get no help. Grant Williams, C minus, C minus, C minus. Grant wasn't the Grant we had last year. Uh, mostly because he didn't have enough time, but he was good in a few stretches. But you know, Grant wasn't Grant. C, C, C plus was yeah, C minus. I think my the most surprising performance for me from him was the game six where he had he played twenty three minutes and scored just one point, uh, had three rebounds and then one assist. I was like, how did he do that? But I mean, yeah. like I said, it wasn't the Grant you had. Because the corner threes, you know, the rhythm. Threes, yeah, the, the, the floor exactly. stretching was gone. We, yeah. Because he remember we talked about him sometimes at the beginning of the season. We we're talking about uh whether the Celtics should pay him or not. Because this exactly. guy came to the season exactly. with size threes and all that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Robert Williams the third. Rob, 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 Rob. I'll give Rob a C plus. Mm, okay. Yeah. Rob Rob wasn't himself. Rob wasn't himself. So it looks like he lost he lost his mojo. Maybe because he had to come off the bench and and then in the game seven he was he was sick and all that. But you, you could feel his impact sometimes on the floor, especially on on his defense on Bam sometimes. Bam just couldn't <laughs> go at him, you know, just <laughs> with those post ups. But I'll just see it to a C plus. Yeah. Malcolm Brogdon. Man, Brogdon. Brogdon, Brogdon was phenomenal in, in the Philly series, but in the Miami series, obviously, he got injured. I think from games four through seven, he only had two points throughout the whole. But it wasn't his fault. He was injured. But Brogdon, I'll give Brogdon a C plus. Because, mm-hmm. mostly because of why they brought him onto the team. Remember last year, the the same uh, late game situation we we're talking about in the finals. That was yeah. one of the main reasons why they got blocked in, and that problem didn't go away. So I, I'll say that was that was a disappointment. So I'll, I'll I'll give him a C plus. All right, now let's take it all the way to the top. The boss himself, Mazula. How would you rate his playoffs coaching experience? Or I mean, let's just say he's coaching in the playoffs. 
he started from a C minus, but uh, I think he ended with a B minus. Mm. Any? Yeah. You, you, you know, I think we call it timeouts. Okay, I was just about to say any anything else aside, you know, the most popular word adjustments. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think I think I think calling timeouts and certain adjustments. I mean, that's that's the word, the buzzword <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> the adjustments um, he made, and then uh, some of the rotations were uh, mad, but you know, he had it. He had it good most of the time, but he's a first year coach, <laughs> so uh, and he didn't even have. So much, you know, assistant coaching experience because mind you, he wasn't even the lead assistant. He was behind the bench most of the time, and then had to take that leap into a head coach on the sure. championship team. Sure. So I would say he overachieved. Still, you know, it's very easy to say, "Oh, that that was a coach Udoka had already built, and then he took over." But when the team was losing, we put the blame on his doorstep. So if the team was able to reach the conference finals again, we should at least give him some some credit also. So. I'll give him a B minus, even though he started uh, from the C minus. I'll I'll end up giving him a B minus. There's so much he can learn, and I think he started, you know, learning on the fly in the playoffs. Okay, now we still gonna have to go back and talk about uh, Jalen Brown's contract. Now, how much money can you know you you make from a super mass contract? I mean, if you guys don't know what a super mass contract is, it's you know the highest level of contract that a player can earn. In the NBA now, now Brown was you know drafted by Celtics in 2016. Uh, now he has one year remaining in his in his current deal, but you know he was an All NBA second team selection this season, so he's now eligible to you know get the supermax contract, which is you know five year, 295 million dollars. But that's if he agrees. You know he cannot be traded for a year and has to be under contract until 2029. But the final season of the deal could see him collect. Over sixty-six million dollars. That's that's crazy amount of money, man. There's so much money in this league right now. I feel like you know the oldies will feel will feel jealous, but you know all the same. Shout out to shout out to him. But um, Jamie, let's say you're sitting in the front office. You're you're, you're Brad Stevens. You, you witnessed Jalen Brown in the in the playoffs. He had he had a great regular season. I mean, averaging twenty-six points per game, shooting forty-nine percent from the field, and then there's the playoffs where you know you give him a B minus. Um, are you giving him this money? Because I saw you and your friends, uh, the, you know, the Celtics fellows discuss this so much that you feel like people are saying you won't give him the money, but then who are you going to give the money to? Was your question. So, what would you do in this situation? Would you give him the money? Would you trade him? No, I'm not trading him. I'm not breaking the core up right now unless they decide they want to go their separate ways. But if I'm the front of it, I'm not making that emotional knee jerk reaction. Uh, no. <laughs> No, I'm not doing that. That's there's a reason why fans are not the ones running front offices. There's, there's a reason. That's true. That's true. If I'm the talk, I'm paying Jalen Brown. I'm paying him, and then we'll see how everything else goes from there. But if at some point, if you pay him, and at some point you decide to move on, you are going to get a massive haul from from that. No two ways about that. There's there's a team that's there'll be teams that you know give you a haul for 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 Jalen Brown. So definitely, I'm going to pay him, but we should also take into account how the new CBA is going to come into place and exactly. how he's going to target, you know, these high payroll teams and all that. But you know, in my immediate, you know, future, I'll pay him, and then everything else will take care of themselves from there. 
Well, uh, Tim says he wants Brown to stay. Uh, he says it's extremely important after the game seven, you know, the, the game comrade. I mean, the interview with the press, he says it's important for, for Brown to stay. But JJ Reddick is saying that, you know, the team has saved the ceiling with these two stars. <laughs> Do you agree with JJ? <laughs> Why would you why would you struggle to break up a 26 and a 25 year old you know duo? Okay, so do you think you think people are putting too much pressure in that they're young and can still win? I can understand what where people are coming from. The fact that they've had early success. But the fact that they they've had early success doesn't mean they've hit their ceiling. Who knows what's going to happen next season? Nobody knows. And it's not like they got bouncing in the first round. Like Milwaukee got bounced in the first round. And nobody's talking about they've hit their ceiling. So why the case? I mean, for Milwaukee people can case? make an argument for the fact that they had a title in 2021. No, but they, 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 they were still supposed to be a championship team this year. Mind you, last year when Middleton was injured, everybody talking about, oh, Middleton was injured. If Middleton wasn't injured, if Middleton wasn't injured. And then they come into this season, well, Giannis was injured for like, a game or two, but that's what yeah. happens if a championship team like you're supposed to have like a, a well-rounded core that can carry on at least to some extent. And that's the same point I was making with Jalen Brown last night. That if if you're a championship team and then you have all these players around you, if your main guy isn't even there, you're supposed to be able to carry the team on, on your back. And even if you lose, you should be able to give out your best. Jalen didn't even give out his best. You get what I'm saying? And so yeah. Sure. It's very easy to say, oh, and you see, there's there's fatigue. I think there's there's been fatigue with most teams, and and right now, I feel like people aren't used to, to seeing teams, you know, stay together for a very long time. You know, p- people are used to seeing players be on the move almost every every season, and so I think that's that's what's pushing people into those decisions. But I still think there's more to be done. They can they can be better. <laughs> These guys are twenty six and twenty five years old, and you telling me they hit their ceiling. If they hit, if they hit thirty years old, and then they still haven't won nothing, they can tell me, "Oh yeah, I mean, they've been together for eight years. They haven't done nothing, so it's time." But these guys have been together for what six since, years? Since come up, yeah, yeah. No, no. If 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 they reach if if they reach the thirty mark, because technically they're not entering their prime, so. If they were True. drafted onto bad teams and they had to work their way up, then you could have easily said, "Yeah, I mean, it looks like that's it." But they still have a layer to go, I believe, because if they clean up a few more things about their game, so are you going to tell me Jalen is not going to be able to fix his his handle? Are you going to tell me Tatum is not going to be able to fix his shooting? Are you going to tell me Jalen can never be a good playmaker? You you never know. They are so young. There's there's still more room for improvement. So. If you're the Celtics, because trust me, the grass the grass ain't green on the other side. We were in this league when the Brooklyners assembled KD, Kyrie, and Harden, and it didn't happen. Some their fault, some it wasn't their fault. You get it, there were injuries and all that, and then in the end, it was like COVID. So, and to win, it's not only about basketball. Like there's so many things that, that have to go right for you for you to win, and even sometimes. Some things have to go wrong for the opponents for you to be able to win. It's like talent and there's hard work and then there's luck. So it's very easy to say, oh, these guys are now, let's break them up. These guys are now, let's break them up. But hey, what's the guarantee that when you move on, you're going to win? How how do you guarantee that? Mm. I see. 
I like I like your submission on that. And but like you're saying, people are used to seeing you know players on the move when things just start falling out easily. And I think we can we can make attribute to the fact that you know LeBron did it with halves and one. KD did it with OKC and one. So you know people are used to seeing oh move out of this place and you can get a championship. Move out to this place and you can get a championship. So yeah. It happens, but let's let's look at this hypothetical situation. Should you have made the finals? Did you see your team beating the Denver Nuggets? That was the chance. Once once you make the finals, you have a chance to win. You made the finals for, for a reason, regardless so, what happened. You, you have a chance. Hmm, okay, okay, true. Well, uh, so guys, if you're listening, but I, I must say though, I must say though, Denver was definitely going to have the best player in the series. You get it. Hey, but you know, boss was, was looking for like a very good chance. I was actually looking forward to that Jokic versus Rob Williams matchup, man. That would have been great. Like, well, Jokic was good to have his. I was actually going to look for. I was actually looking forward to how they were going to defend Jokic. Were they going to have like single coverages or they're going to throw yeah. bodies at him? I mean, I'm, I'm excited for like you know a good a good a good finals you know uh, run. Regardless who is in the finals, I want to see some exciting basketball from Jokic. I want to see what Calabani is going to do, whether he's going to stay hard. I, I want to see, you know, play out Jimmy. Regardless, yeah. I love hoops and I want to see some finals basketball. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the finals starts on Thursday. Uh, it's, it's on ABC. Uh, if you're in Ghana, it's Friday at dawn, 12 a.m. Still have to wake up and suffer for the 12 a.m. suffering, but yeah, it will pay off one day. So, um, I just wanted to throw this out there. Uh, and Jamie, I think I made you aware today. So exactly today, if you guys are listening, it marks one year since we started this podcast. And we want to say thank you guys so much for sticking staying. You know, we've seen you guys share the content. We've seen you guys listen. We've seen the feedback. And we really, really, really appreciate you guys. Um, it's been a pleasure giving you guys content. And we'll continue to do this regardless of the schedule, regardless of where we find ourselves in. Jamie's all the way in New York. I'm all the way in Ghana. It's 1 a.m. here. Jamie, what's, what's the time? Is it like 9 o'clock? Yeah, it's 5 minutes to 10 o'clock. Yeah, so um, regardless of where we find ourselves, Jeff, Marcus, um, Kingsley, Garnett, who's been here, you know, a couple of times last season. Anybody, you know, but most of the time it's been Jamie and Jeff. JJ without a ready. We need to trademark that. <laughs> before we, before we get some money, yeah. But we, we appreciate you guys so much. It's been one year. There's more content going to come, so we just want to throw this out there before you know the end of this episode. But anyways, Jamie, um, off season is going to be very long. Uh, there's going to be obviously some changes. Uh, what is the one thing you are actually looking forward to, to change? Well, I, I want to see more about the CBA, and I want to see how it's going to impact um, teams and. All these mm. high, high salary teams. And one thing we haven't talked about much because of the playoffs is the draft. Victor and Benyama and Brandon Miller and all these guys. I'm excited for that one too. Pop is sending uh, <clears throat> Pop is sending Tim Duncan to France. I mean, that's where he's from. <laughs> that's where the, uh, Tony Parker is from. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tony Parker, not Tim Duncan. He's sending Tony Parker to France to go talk to the guy. He's trying to, you know, people are saying he's going to be the boring guy just like Tim Duncan, but we need to see because here's today in today's NBA, you know, there's something else. I'm also looking forward to the fact that the NBA is discussing that coaches can get it, I mean, an extra challenge if they get a successful challenge during the game. I think, mean, what do you think about that? 
I actually well, that's the most logical that. thing. Yeah. Yeah, you should get a, you should at least get an extra one back if you win your challenge. Because if yeah. you're going to if you're going to lose it, then what's the essence? Mm, true. True. Yeah. What what have what have you thought on officiating so far uh in the playoffs? Well, I would say it's it's been okay. It's been okay. My only problem is um how they call certain fouls. Not because they don't call them, but you know, sometimes they wait to see if the ball went in or not before they call it. Mm, true. So true. somebody makes a layup and then he gets hit, and then they wait for maybe the, the player falls before the ball either enters or doesn't enter, and then that's when they call it. Why do you wait to see when the person falls or not before you call it? I think that's 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 just manipulative. Mm, so they need to call it as soon as there's contact. Just that's... call it if, if there's if there's contact and you're going to call it, just call it. Don't if if, if it goes in, call on an one. If it doesn't, give him the two free throws. You don't wait for them to see you don't want to see whether the ball went in or not before you call it i, I mean to me that's that's a little you know awkward well it's been a great season uh we've witnessed 82 games we've we've witnessed uh, some great uh level of basketball in the playoffs uh we're hoping to see so many things coming before the start of the season again um so jamie this is not the last i mean we didn't we've not talked about the nba finals because it's going to be another episode where Jeff is going to join Jamie here where we discuss the NBA finals, you know, before it starts on Thursday. So you guys should watch out for that one. But um, yeah, how 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 would you rate your, your season so far in terms of the entire basketball, not just Celtics? This season, NBA. It's not over yet, but you know, we so have far. very, very dramatic season. It feels like there's there's always something going on, whether <laughs> basketball related or not. It's, That's true. I just, I just love it, just soaking everything in one day at a time. Loved it. How many games did you see this year? In person? Yeah. Two. I think. How many? Yeah, two. Oh, okay. That was the Brooklyn Nets and Celtics, right? Yeah, Brooklyn Nets and Celtics and uh, Brooklyn Nets and um, Dallas Mavericks. No, oh, okay. By the way, he's not he's not a Nets fan, guys, in case you're listening. But he, he, I just <laughs> love to see Google Uh I, I guess I just wanted to see Luca. Luca. That game was amazing. It went into overtime. And um where Jeff <laughs> almost missed the string. <laughs> Look at look look at look look at it's a phenom. Look at it's a phenom. Yeah. I, I love yeah. I love that game. Yeah. Anyways, guys, it's been so much to pack on this content, but you know, we've talked all about the Celtics and game seven. We'll be bringing you special content on the NBA finals preview and also after the game one. So stick and stay with us. My name is Derek. I did this with my brother Jimmy all the way in New York. So we'll be back with more episodes. This is the Omen NBA podcast. Bye for now. Mm.